there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll help you find a place to take that load off. The Chili Crew is just about to start. If you've been here before, well, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on how things work around here. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And just let me say, you came at a great time, too. We're taking a weekly walk through the Bible, one story at a time, from Genesis to Revelation. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dough. I got to go. Those youngsters better get the lead out. This crowd's ready to go. I'll be right over there. Didn't realize the restaurant would be this busy today. I'm coming, I'm coming. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Order up. Well, we're going into chapter 35, and I'll just start reading. We'll see where this goes. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, and go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto, unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. This whole city that they plundered, are they also worshippers of fake gods? I mean, and why would they have to change their clothes? The, you're talking about the city or Jacob's family? Every, he said unto his household and to all that were with him. Oh. So everybody. I know that uh, Rachel probably still had those gods that she was sitting on. <laughs> right. Was she still sitting on them? <laughs> if they're in Esau's land, Esau's land was very pagan. And Esau himself fell into i know it's i know it's the promised land you know it's it's canaan but esau himself fell into that because earlier on on some of these other chapters it talks about the pagan women he married so i would guess that because of the sacking of the city a combination of many things sacking of the city because of the land he lived with laban like not everybody he ran into worshiped the one true god yahweh they would have easily picked up can I say traditions or superstitions or little good luck charms? And I'm certain that's what he's talking about. Like get rid of all of these idols and these things that we've, you know, put our faith into because we need to cleanse ourselves for God. God himself came to me and told me we need to get, we need to get out of here. A fresh start. If we're going to move from this point, he's drawing the line in the sand. As we go from this point forward, we're, we're following God here, guys. So you know, leave all your stuff here and we go forth clean. Like a recommitment, I would say, would probably be a better term, maybe. Recommitment? Well, you know what I think is interesting is I think of the fact of what we're supposed to do every week when we go to church. I and mean, this is talking about going to the house of God. Yeah. You know, we're going through our week, getting all cluttered up and messed up, and we're in amongst working about, you know, whatever, and we mm -hmm. get all the junk of the world in our heads, and we're we're making mistakes and whatever. So yeah, essentially the same concept, except for this was over a length of time. Get your Sunday best on. <laughs> get, take a shower, get your Sunday best on and, and get to church. Recommitment. 
we're we're supposed to do it all the time. This is oh, yeah. this is basically where it starts right here. This story right here is where God's really trying to show Christians get cleaned up, get rid of the world, you know, get rid of the things, you know, you did. He's telling his family here, you need your whole family and even those people that are with you to get them all, get them yep. all cleaned up and bring them all to the house of God. Let's all of you recommit. Let's all of you come and worship the Lord together. I think that's an awesome well, thought process for, for this situation. So recommitment, I, I think it was just a straight up commitment. Well, that's also a, a common theme throughout scripture, which is, is righteousness, not necessarily living like I'm being righteous in order to be saved, but because God has saved us, he's, he's trying to shape, he, and I say God is trying to shape us because, uh, and I don't know, it's, it's a very difficult thing to, to comprehend because in, in these days we're like, okay, so I got to do this and then I get this, but here's the thing, Jesus already did it, we're just committing to him. I'm just saying what they're trying to do is, is live that righteous life, slip into, like you're saying with that washing yourself. It's not just a physical washing we're here. We're talking about, you know, da King David saying, hey, yeah. you know, Lord, purge me, you know, <laughs> purge me with hyssop. Find find the in these little nooks and crannies in my life. No, I, I think that's great. All right. To continue on here, um, verse three, let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the days of my distress. And was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hands, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem, our buried treasure. And the terror of God was upon the cities that were around them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak. And the name of it was called Alan Betcheth. And he came out of Paddan Aram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. In the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I, after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. A lot happened here. Right, a whole lot happened. Okay, so <laughs> verse 5, let me just reiterate this here. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities... There were all around them. It doesn't sound like they were terrified of them. It sounds like God put some kind of supernatural, you'd better not mess with these folks type of thing in all in in the surrounding towns as these people. Because like by now, it's not we're not talking about like 30 people traveling. We're talking they probably have hundreds of people, thousands of sheep and, and animals and goats and stuff. And it seems like God's striking the rest of the nations, don't you mess with these people. 
Well, you got to think about it. They just spoiled the city. I mean, they went in, killed all the people, essentially killed all the men and spoiled the whole city, took all the flocks, took all everything out of it. Now they got all that stuff on top of what they had. So you're saying word got around? Uh, yeah. yeah I, would, <laughs> I would well imagine. And, you know, I can't imagine. You got to think of that story. I mean, come on. We just went through that. That, that story, uh, don't mess with those guys. Their, their God is fierce. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't touch those guys. Don't, don't mess with their daughters. Stay away from them. I also see that same story repeat uh, with Joshua. The play on words here, it's not fear. It's terror. They aren't looking at them in like reverence or, hey, this is a good place to be. No, they're, they are actually scared. <laughs> they look different. Now they have like changed their clothes. They have taken out all their jewelry. There's no God idols among them at all. So they look different. They are known for an act of violence. And, and in that chapter, uh, Jacob was worried. He was worried that the people from around the villages, the same villages we're talking about here, would find out about this and think that he was unreasonable and they would come after him. But instead, God inflated that to make it so they're like, well, no, this is the opposite side of that coin. We're just not going to touch him. The almost one of the last verses of the last episode we did, guys, in chapter 34, it says, You and this is this is Jacob speaking. He says, You have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites, and since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. So he he even has this. Fear so or terror. Here's, here's an interesting thought. Now that if when you put it into that perspective as well, like he said, uh, I am few in number, right? Uh, and I being few in number. Well, what did they just do when they plundered this the city? When they spoiled the city, they doubled or quadrupled their number. It doesn't say how many people they just took to them. Yeah, but I think he's talking about militaristic numbers. Because, like, that city was actually, Scripture, the last episode it talks about, they were actually a decent-sized city. Right, right. But he only has himself <laughs> 12 boys, or 12 men by this point, and then their few children of whatever men. Well, you got to think, there, there had to have been quite a bit, honestly. Like, you might remember last time we just talked about the age difference here. Right. So... Uh, you're talking a pretty good span of ages. So right, but what I mean, though, is still if... still would have had a decent amount of men with them. If he comes up against a town with 3,000 men in it, that's right. nothing compared to oh, his, no. like, 200 men. Yeah, but I, but here's the, here's the thing I'm thinking, too. The terror of God, uh, those men that were in that other city, what they went through, uh, I'm sorry, that would have terrified me. Um, I'd have been like, uh, the, don't go, don't go mess with that. I, no, I don't want that kind of death. Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. <laughs> stay away from me. <laughs> I mean, that's just, but I do find it interesting though, that, you know, he was extremely worried about his number and then literally right there after he multiplied his number of who he was. Right. Because they spoiled all the herds and everything else. So now he, he literally became. Of, uh, uh, of this, like you said before, a whole lot of people. Oh yeah. Now coming across, and Tom said, you know, they uh, they changed their appearance. Now they're completely different. They don't look like everybody else now. They don't have all these gods or anything well, else. Let me I'm talk like, about wow. that appearance for just a second. Do you know in Scripture 
both places, New and Old Testament, and I'm, I'm going to loosely say the word church, because the church before Christ was the Jewish nation, and the church after Christ is obviously the believers of Christ. The church, or the people of God, God has always said on the New Testament that we are to be a peculiar people, Correct. and the Israelites were to be a peculiar people. And the phrase royal priesthood or priesthood was said about the Israelites and it was also said about the followers of Jesus. I just, I find this interesting that Tom brought that up, that now they're, they seem peculiar because I mean, back then, I mean, I, I don't know how many people know this, but back then women, for example, like the Bible talks about how women shouldn't, you know, adorn, adorn themselves, themselves with yeah, a whole yeah. bunch of jewelry. But the reason for that was not just, Hey, I have, you know, earring studs in or a couple of loops. No, women wore their wealth on them. So all of their gold, all of their silver was on them every day. So, uh, Tom, this is a great point. Going across this land, people would have, who are these people? Like, none of their ladies are dressed in gold and decked out. Like, this guy's obviously very wealthy. Men are just dressed modestly and, you know, like in just robes or something like that. Yeah, you know, but they're just, cleaned up. You know? Right, but they're cleaned up. Right, right. Yeah, they're right. not like all grungy looking. What I the way I look at it is like you've got this massive group of people and they all look cleaned up and nice looking and <laughs> like everything they're going there. somewhere. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, where? What's up with this group? You know? Yeah, you know, like well, like should, yeah. I think like Christians should look in a community. You know, you don't have to dress up in a shirt and tie, but you should have some different appearance to you that that people look at you and go, wow, they're they're different. I actually went and I took courses on how to teach, like how to, how to preach and, you know, how, how to do those type of things. And the question up the group that was, that was there, they actually asked, well, what should I wear? I, you know, I don't really do su two suits and ties. And, and so the whole conversation exploded. And then one of the pastors stood up and one of the older pastors stood up and he said, listen, Christians should always dress to not offend. Okay. You know what I mean? So he's like, and he explained, he said, Christians should not be a stumbling block to somebody else. Right. So we should dress to not offend. We should dress in a manner that is glorifying God. I always use this illustration. I'm not going to go to the Philippines and go to the middle of the jungle and wear a suit and a tie and preach. <laughs> I'm it, going in flip-flops in a Hawaiian shirt. It doesn't work. You'd be, <laughs> you'd be a sweating zombie by the time you got done <laughs> preaching because you're going to humidity level and everything else. You need, and eaten you alive need, by the mosquitoes, <laughs> right? But you you need you need to do what God tells you to do in the culture in which you're in, and, and you need to match what the culture looks at as level of godliness. And if you if you use wisdom and and understanding your where you are and who you're with and what you're doing, you can get that kind of respect and that kind of atmosphere. You don't have to wear a suit and a tie you know, we got this mental concept and I think that's, you know, just like these people here, they had this mental concept of people adorning themselves. And then they look at these folks and go, wow, these folks are different. And it terrified them in the concept of, Oh, don't mess with those guys. You know, they're, like, they're different, they, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're God's well, obviously better than ours because look how he's taking care of them and they're not rich type. I mean, I could see him saying that like they don't have any, they don't the have jewelry gold. and yeah, yeah, they don't have gold or anything, but look how well they are. Look, look how well off they are and, and they're clean and wow, their God must be amazing. Yeah. Before we move on, just one last thing, guys in verse 13, it says, then God went up from him 
meaning Jacob, in the place where he talked with him. Is this another Christophany? Did the guy that busted his hip a couple years back <laughs> that he wrestled with show up and say, okay, this is where you're staying? It sounds to me like that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Go ahead and correct me on this. Before 13 here, I, I want to paint this picture going into this because so far he was assured. He was uh, assured by God, depart from here, go to the land of your fathers, and I'll be with you. This time he actually followed what God said to a T. And now all of the promises that were not given to him yet, he's already wrestled with them. So I don't see why it would shake him. I don't see also why it would be a uncommon thing for him because he's, he's done wrestled with him. Why not have a conversation with him? So I could see it being Christophan. Yeah. I, I'm just saying it's not very specific, so I'm not going to say either way, but it, it sounds to me like either God was leading him to where he wanted him to stay or I'm sorry, well, Christ was leading him where he wanted to, him to stay, or he ran into Christ, and then it says, you know, in verse 13, then God went up before him in the place where he talked well, with verse him. Verse 9, it says, and God appeared unto Jacob when he came out of Padden Aaron and blessed him. And they had a conversation, and then he went up from him. So I, I believe that he was there. I, I, it could be a, a good case for Christophany here. Verse 16, and they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath and Rachel travailed and she had hard labor and it came to pass when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, fear not thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing for she died that she called his name ben Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin and Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath which is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day. And Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edgar or Edar. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bela, his father's concubine. And Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were 12. So whose mom was Bela? Bela was the mother. Then Rachel had said, God has judged my case. And she's older, remember? <laughs> and she and he has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she called his name Dan. And Rachel's maid, Bila, Bila, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And then Rachel said, with great wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed, I have prevailed. So, she called his name Nephetili. So, there was so Nephetili and Dan. Reuben laid with his brother's mom. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, it wasn't direct relation type thing in a sense. It was more, yeah, that's just still messed up. Yeah, but do you, do you, can I tell you guys why? <laughs> Right? <laughs> Can I tell you guys why Reuben did it, though? Go ahead. Do you guys remember the story of one of David's sons that tried to overthrow him? Yes. Absalom. Absalom. What, one of the things that Absalom did was sleep with some of David's wives. Yeah. His concubines or whatever. And, that, and he actually did it in public. It was actually a disgusting yeah, display. Yeah. He actually brought him on the rooftop. It was a terrible thing. But Absalom did it for one reason. 
that was a way of basically displaying him conquering his father and him being the next one in line. Reuben, now that, quite frankly, Jacob's wives are dying and he's in this older age, Reuben is attempting here to assert himself as the head of the household. He's attempting a coup. He's attempting a coup. <laughs> yeah, although this is a very weird way to attempt a coup, man. Right, yeah. Well, maybe he was thinking, well, Dad can't run after me for this one. <laughs> He's got a bad hip after all. So I, I don't know. I just That's why he did it, but it's still like, why that? The relationship between Dan and Reuben will never be the same. Because you're like, dude, really? Come on. Because I would, I would have answered my own question. Because I would have, you know, continued reading here, uh, verse twenty-three. The sons of right. Leah were Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and Simeon and Levi, and Judah and Issachar and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bela were Rachel's handmaid, which was Dan and Naphtali. And the sons of Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, was Gad and Asher. And these are the sons of Jacob which were born to him in Paddan Aram. And Jacob came unto Isaac his father, unto Mamre, unto the city of Arba, which is in Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac sojourned. And the days of Isaac were a hundred and fourscore years. So 140 or 180? 180. 180. Yeah. 180 and years. Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people being old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. You know what my version says? And I, I love this that you said you said give up the ghost. Mine says, so and this is so dramatic. So Isaac breathed his last <laughs> and died. It just it sounds like you know oh. so much so much more dramatic. Right. Yeah. And his sons Esau and Jacob. So is this not like a, a really interesting parallel of two other brothers that Isaac and Ishmael. Right. And because at the end of that story, didn't they come back to see Abraham? Right. And they buried Abraham Abraham together. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. That's what I find interesting is, is during this endeavor, this whole thing that was going on, Esau wasn't very far away. Right. But apparently he was obviously within shouting distance. Hey, dad died. Come help me bury him. To me, that says he was in the region. I, I find this part very interesting. Like, I actually marked down how many children everybody had. Leah had six. Rachel had two. Bila had two. Leah's maid servant. Which, actually, she was not given a name, I believe. No, she was not given a name at this time. Um, had two. Leah, the one that was, quote, and, and I'll just say, un, unloved. The one that was unloved are marked as unloved because uh, Isaac, I'm sorry, Jacob clearly, if you guys go back on that episode, you can see Jacob is clearly not very kind to one of his wives, Leah. She was the one that gave him the most sons. And back then that was considered blessing. And I think, I think that was, uh, God was trying to reach Jacob in a very special way by saying, listen, you don't like her, but listen, I will bless her. Nonetheless. You know, and if you guys go back to that episode, it was very interesting that like Tom and Tom was the one that pulled this out. It was great. 
he says, well, you know, the interesting thing is, is she, she, they, all of these women say something. Do you notice that? Like, well, except for the maidservants, they say something to name their children. Like this has happened or I feel well, like yeah, look this. At, look at and, Ben. I mean, Ben, right, last, right. last kid she has, Ben, Ben and I, well, yeah, the, yeah, the like a change son of name, my yeah. sorrow. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here. Cause I, like I said, I wrote them down in my Bible. I got six, two, two, two. I think God's trying to say something here. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder like side note, I wonder who those people were. Yeah. All it says, I'm sorry. All it says is son of Hama. Oh, the Hivites, Hivites. I'm sorry. Hivites. Hivites. H-I-V-I-T-E. Who were the Hivites? Son of Ham. The Hivites? Son of Ham. So the Hivites were from Ham. Shem, Ham. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Yeah. So they, so, okay, so they so were they, the sons of Ham. The Hivites were the sons of Ham. So they would have still been, I mean, they would have been distant cousins, but they would have still, wow. Right. Wait a second. No, I thought Ham went to Africa. Well, I guess well, that's northern it's Africa. It's pretty yeah. close. That'd been Canaan, so that would have been. That would have been. Right yeah, there. it would have been right on well, the border. It, right there. it could have been like underway, and apparently this line stopped here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not walking any farther. I'm staying right here. No, uh, uh, Jacob's sons saw to it that their line stopped there. Like they killed all the men in the village. It's not going to go any farther. So the other yeah. sons probably ventured forth. No. And that's why they weren't talked about. You know, they it's didn't. They didn't inhabit that area because they didn't live long enough to get there. But the other sons did. Yes. Yep. Wow. Do you realize if that's the end of the line of the Hivites, that's like genocide. Yeah. Outside of the women, so I guess it's kind of. I mean, you we know. don't. We don't know. It didn't say that. It didn't say there wasn't any small boys. I mean, it just said they killed the men. Oh, true, you know? true. And so there could have been still a lineage there, but yeah. at that point, it joined in with Israel, and they became part of Israel. It could have been like Esau and Jacob, too, where two two sons went opposite directions, and this is where this one went and got blessed, and they set up this colony, and the rest went the other way. And uh, that they're the ones that actually made it into Africa and settled and their nation thrived out there. Right. Right after this is the story of Joseph and everything that happens to him and in literally being the savior of his own family eventually. Mike, go ahead and close this out with a quick word of prayer, man. Dear Lord, thank you for the time that we had. Thank you for the, the things that we've learned and, and the exploration of your scriptures and i pray you would just help somebody else to uh, hear this and be able to learn more about you and more about your word and thank you again so much for this time that we have in your name we pray amen amen well this has been justin this has been mike and this has been tom all right thanks guys for joining us we love you and we will see you later well hello everyone now that this is all over i hope you had a great time now listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening?
I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>